Hey guys, what's, what's going up? on? Welcome to the Young Minds Podcast. Um, today's episode was actually very informal, and this is something that we finally are getting back into, and I'm super happy that we had the questions that you guys provided with us, so thank you so much. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. This makes it so much easier for us, and we get to elaborate without sitting here like, hmm, what do people want to listen to? We actually have what people wanted to listen to. So, in the beginning of the episode, we talked about Justin killing his dog. Oh, um, then we talked about, wow. is euthanasia in humans something to consider? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Listen. Um, also, we talk about the dangers of fructose and not fructose that naturally occurs in fruit, but the fructose that we manufacture ourselves with corn. Next, we go through some of the questions that were asked. Actually, fructose was one of those questions, but yes. whatever. Um, and also, we, we had a question. How do I incorporate more veggies into my diet? And we went through a couple of ways in which you can try to make it a little bit more interesting yummy. for yourself. Yummy. little yummy. tummy. Um, roasted. Toasted. Um, all that shit. And then also, we talked about how uh, – well, we had a question – are PRs, which are personal records, helpful for gaining muscle in the gym, which would mean like a one rep max? Is that helpful or is it not? Also, should we be using straps? So anything to help our joints uh, while lifting heavy? We go into heavy detail on that. So we're going to keep this intro very short. And uh, Justin, yeah. say hi. No, no, good job. I mean, you killed it. So I'm okay. just going to. Yeah, no, I just wanted people to know that you're alive. I'm here. You only I'm killed breathing. your dog, not yourself. Okay, oh, cool. Now. <laughs> Guys, get on with the podcast, keep it going, and here's the intro. Here we go. Hey, Frank, what exactly does it mean to be growth-minded? Well, Justin, I'm glad you asked. It's a state of mind where you realize you don't know everything, but are open and willing to learn more in order to achieve more. And how does one know where to learn these things? What if it's false information? Well, bud, that's why you listen to the Young Minds Podcast, where they tackle the most up-to-date and relevant topics with unfiltered discussion aimed at optimizing this video game that we call life. Wow, I'm excited. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, and Facebook. <laughs> I don't want to shit on it and run it. I was like, maybe we could add something at the end. I don't, I don't. So you know how um, a couple podcasts ago, I think it was, was it last one or a couple ago, I talked about... Like we opened and I hit it right away with a hard story, and then I closed it right away. Yeah, it was the uh, the guy who had a heart attack at the restaurant. Yeah, so let's let's. But uh, it was like the first thing we talked about was that heavy story. Yes, I'm gonna do that again today. Do it. I'm gonna hit you hard with a heavy story right away, right off the bat. Um, fucking swing. Two days ago, I think it was two days ago. Put down my dog. Put down my my puppy. Is he sleeping forever? Yeah. Is that what like? Like, they told uh, me when they put my dog down. My two dogs. <laughs> so they're going to sleep forever. I was like, all right, well, sweet dreams. Well, how old were you? That sounds like, like something you tell I was like kid. nine for one of them and then like 12 for the next one. Oh, you did it twice. Mm -hmm. So this was the first time I did it um, or, or witnessed it, right? And so this dog, she was, her name's Emma. She was 17 years old and a German Shepherd. And Bro, that's like 150 in dude, dog years. Incredible. Incredible, right? So... I obviously, 17 years old, I got her when I was a kid. So I've had her my whole life. And um, the past the past four months has been like a complete downhill, like just degeneration of the dog. You, you mm -hmm. could see it. So when we had scheduled the um, euth euth euthanasia, euth euthanasia, yeah, when we scheduled that, honestly, I was just like, I was, I was making jokes about it. Like it didn't really matter. Or I didn't think I would get emotional because, like I said, she was 17 years old. So I was like, okay. 
it was the right thing to do. It was like, okay, this dog is old. She, you know, she's falling. She can't drink water anymore. She's like struggling to do anything. And, and her brain was gone, dude. Yeah. You could tell it was just like zombie. So it was like, I didn't think anything of it. Right. So this dog is like my mom's baby. Like I was kind of like, man, whatever. My other dog, the white lab, that's my, that's my boy. So like I said before, I wasn't really, I didn't think anything of, of going to the vet and putting the dog down. I was like, this is the right thing to do. It's time, bro. Let me tell you, holy shit. I thought wrong. I was bawling. I've never seen, I've never put down an animal before. Yeah. It was like, I, it was the right thing to do, but fuck, I was emotional. I mean, you saw me when I came here. Yeah. Cause you couldn't Kate, hold the conversation. Bro, I couldn't hold the conversation. I was crying. I called out of work. I was like, I'm, do I'm done. I'm done. Because just the, you know, we bring her into the room and it's just a little, a little room and it's got a blanket on the floor. And my mom, my mom's been bawling for like weeks now, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's obviously right there. Like no one wants to see their mom cry. Like yeah. that's emotional for me. Like weeks before I didn't care. I was like, okay, whatever. But my mom was crying. I was like, oh, fuck mom. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cry. Um, so, so she sits on the blanket on the floor and, and the vet comes in and explains to us how it happens. It's actually, um, they put an IV in so that they're not pricking the dog, you know, every time they give it a shot. And, uh, the first injection is, um, oh wow. It's anesthesia. Anesthesia. Yes. Yeah. It's a little bit of anesthesia just to like make them fall asleep. And then the second one, if I'm, is an overdose, it is an overdose yeah. of I don't know if it was anesthesia or something else, but it's just an overdose of something. And I'm pretty sure it was anesthesia, the way the vet explained it. Which that, I was like, wow, fuck, that's, that's crazy. But just seeing my mom hold the dog and like bawling and petting it and then like they put her to sleep and she just slept and then, I, dude, it killed me. It killed me. And I was, like I said, just I couldn't handle it. And, uh, because it's symbolic, you know, like you, you're watching the dog, uh, degrade over time. Right. And you're like, okay, I know where this is going. I know where the end of the road is. I know what it is, right. The dog's going to have to be put down, but it's not official. It's never official. It's never official. And then the day that it is official, it's like almost ceremonial and symbolic of all the negative that you thought you weren't going to feel, but then it all hits you at the end. I mean, you can't just escape that because when it's definitive, that's when you're like, oh shit, this is grieving time. Because when they're still alive, you almost feel like you're still saving them. And I think that's the illusion Bro, that we literally, put through. Literally that morning when we were getting ready and getting everyone ready in the house and then, and, and, you know, getting ready to step out to the vet, I was taking like Snapchat videos of the dog with... Um, you dick. I sent them to you. You saw it. Um, with the song, with the commercial, with all the dogs oh, in the, the cage. arms of an angel. Yep. And I was just like, but it was like funny. Like I, bro. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Because she was so old, it, it, I yeah. didn't, I was like, this is okay. And it didn't hit me until then. So then Caitlin came with us because then we both came here. So when we left and it was just Caitlin and I in the car, we started talking about um, with humans, putting down humans. And she tells me stories all the time of patients she has at the hospital where they are just so far gone. Not only is there no hope and not even family members want to take care of them, but machines are keeping them alive. So if nature were to take its course, they wouldn't have been alive for years now, you know? And we're just like, I feel sometimes she tells me these stories of, oh my God, this patient I had today, blah, blah, blah. And I, I listen to them like, geez, babe, like they should just be put down. Like it doesn't even make sense that they're still around. And she's always on the side of, 
oh my God, that's so just immorally wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but think about, think about what you just told me, like their life and everything that happened. So for example, um, there's this one girl. So all of her patients are usually old mm-hmm. and some of them are old. They can't remember anything. They can't walk. They can't move. They're extremely mean and just cursing. And they're in the hospital for a very long time because the nursing home won't take them. The family won't take the family just can't take care of them because they need so much medical attention all the time. And it's like this person who's 89 years old and the condition they're in, there's no getting better. There's not. So what do we, you know, in my head, I'm like, what are you just trying to keep this alive? And while they lay here in the bed day after day, after day, after day, month after month, year after year, it's like, what are you keeping them alive for? And they can't even think and talk to you because they're so gone in their mind. So when she tells me stories like that, I'm just like, geez, fuck, like that's, it's a hard, it's a hard moral thing to tackle because you have two sides here, right? So you have the one side where there's a, uh, there's a burden on the people around them, whether it be the family, immediate, immediate family, or even thinking of it economically, just like as a, as a, a community, as a nation, right? Like we have to pay for healthcare, healthcare costs get distributed amongst everybody who's covered by the insurance companies. We're keeping people alive for longer, but their quality of life is shit. Right. And there's these these uh, these terminal illnesses or the, have this compounding effect. Right. Like diabetes then turns into some sort of Alzheimer's or dementia and then they lose. They're not the same person. They are just a burden to everybody around them, although you may love them and you want to care for them. And I, I don't necessarily believe in euthanizing humans right like that was your mom that was your dad and you have to take care of them but now they're not your mom or your dad they're not they don't act like your mom or your dad right they don't even remember you they look at you with a blank stare like i could see my grandmother who my my mom's mother she's she you could tell she's going and she she actually talks about it as she's she has like a onset right now like yeah she has dementia yeah very very recent uh, past like five years, she's just been going every single year. It's like 10% loss, 10% loss, 10%. And you oh, can just so tell sad. when you're talking to her, it's like she's she's there, but, not. but she's aware that she's degrading. And then she'll talk in a loop. She'll ask the same questions. Like when Jen comes over to my house and she's there, she's met her twice. And she uh, she would ask her like, oh, Jen, do you have a big family? And then she would tell her like, uh, yeah, you know, my family's ex so-and-so, like this big. And then there'll be like three or four questions, and then she'll ask again, like, "So Jen, do you have uh, do you have a big family?" And it's just like, "Holy shit, man!" She's on repeat, and like she's not aware of it. So her life is almost like a vine, you know, like fifteen, like five second clips at a time. And yeah. I go, "Well, what are you, what are you experiencing?" And she'll tell us like that she's she's not happy, and that she she knows she's like, I I'm just. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. And I, I feel horrible. And it's the worst feeling to talk to someone like that. And I selfishly, imagine. I don't know how to deal with that. I'm not very good at the, the well, game honestly, because logically you, ca- you can't come to a solution. No one knows how to it deal doesn't, with that. Exactly. Not even health professionals. Exactly. So I wonder as the individual being that person, do you still want to be alive? Do you even have the wherewithal to, to wonder if you still want to be alive? Well, your, your grandmother right now in the state she's in where, you know, she bounces back and forth from normal and then forgets. Yeah. 100%. Like, she's still there sometimes. Yes. But as the years progress, like, it's sad to say, but it's going to get, it's going to consume her completely. And that's yeah. so sad. But that's, that's what happened. That's the majority. A lot of people are getting dementia now. And that's a lot of Caitlin's patients. And, and, and that's a lot of the times where it's like they've completely made the switch from, jumping back and forth between remembering everything and not to just completely gone. Mm-hmm. And when they're completely gone, 
they could they could be held um they could be kept alive for 10 15 years but just as a nothing yeah you know as a sack of bone, like a vegetable as exactly yeah. so what do you like how do you feel about that what man i it's weird because like i look at it one way like i said before it's it's a burden on the people around you Right, Some of the but, people don't even want to take care of them. They get yeah, sent to homes or sent to hospitals That's forever. the part where I wonder, right? Because as the individual, I don't know. I'm too young. I'm too naive or ignorant to know what it feels like to be that age. So I'm not going to say that I feel a certain way or not because I don't even really think about it. But if you think about it statistically, our health care is going up. It's it's a burden on us because we're keeping people alive for longer who are, who are in this uh, situation because of their lifestyle, right? So... Uh, they're describing Alzheimer's and dementia as type three diabetes. It's starting to be mm-hmm. called type three. So it's just a degradation of the neurons, right? So your body's not keeping up. It doesn't know how to utilize glucose and we're not running off of ketones because no one's going ketogenic, right? So you're just, your diet is a complete mayhem. Your metabolism, the way that your body conducts chemical reactions is all fucked. Um, and you're not growing brain cells because you're probably at that age, you're not learning new things. So you're literally just atrophying, but you're keeping a pulse. And we had to figure out how we could possibly mitigate those issues and keep it at a, you know, a healthy, at a healthy rate, keep people alive at a healthy rate. So their quality of life is a certain way. But then who's to say, let's just kill them. It's just such a deep. It's such a deep thought. You have to. I know. You have to consult with the person because it's murder. So why is it so easy to do it to animals? Because they don't have a say, and we look at them on a different playing field. Like what we were watching the other, last night. You and I were watching the. Uh, we're watching one, one strange, strange rock, rock, right? And we were watching a little Netflix date. Yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> a little plug, but oh, it was fucking dope, dude. Um, but <laughs> we had a what was it? A little macaque, which is a monkey. It's called a macaque. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You and me watching macaques in our studio at night. (laughs) Great, great visual. Um, So we're we're watching these little things, and they're they're like using rocks to figure out how to break open clams Mm -hmm. or oysters, whatever the hell they were. Muscles, yeah. Breaking open, of course, the last one. Um, So they're trying to figure that out. They figured it out, and now they've spread that over to all of the other monkeys on that island because they had to learn how to adapt. Now they're learning, right? They're alive. They're sentient. They understand that they... They have to be conscious of themselves to know that I can grab this object, which is external to me, break open something that I know contains food and then pick it out and articulate my fingers and my thumbs in order to get it out. Right. That takes some sort of co- complex brain and a mind and some sort of self-awareness. So you're saying so it's I feel different like when we because there's take- a conscious brain. But then the yes. thing is, what happens when that conscious brain is not conscious anymore and it, it is exactly, a vegetable? This is what I'm saying. Like, so the line gets drawn at that ability to identify with yourself because the dog does the dog identify with itself i don't know obviously nobody knows right yeah and a lot of people speculate that it's our frontal lobe right that is our problem solving and it gives us that ability to uh look at things in uh what the hell is it called greater depth in, uh, greater depth what they call it. abstract abstract yes, thoughts yes, yes. right and i don't know if they could think that way because that's a huge that's a huge game changer right there because if you can think abstractly and th- envision your own death and know that that's possible and you're not just scared of predators for some reason and you just run away but you know that death is there and what death means is this game is over right that idea to then know that other people have your life in their hands legally i think that would scare people and it would get misused at some point and abused right i feel like there would be some way to manipulate the health system to then euthanize people at will 
And I don't know how that would go. So the moral question is not so much whether it's right or wrong. It's how can you streamline the ability to euthanize an adult without it being taken advantage of and used for the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. So I don't really stand by it. I don't I don't think you would you right now say that when you get older, if you're in your 80s, 90s and you're complete vegetable, completely gone, would you want to be? just put down like if you're in a hospital bed day after day you're done you're hooked up to machines and those are keeping you alive if would you I, say now like if you would tell your kids like if that happens to me please put me down i don't think that they would be able to but would you I, I, would you i, I would want to okay yeah, that's, but that's i don't know I if i for. would i i'm thinking now right so you're given all the negative description of what it would be like all right i'm a fucking burden to everybody i'm useless what if i don't feel useless what if i'm like i'm fighting this fight i don't know I don't know. I have no idea if I would feel that way. And I know this is a hypothetical and it's hard to explain, but who knows? You no, know, like I mean, a lot when of people, you're, when you're like my the... grandma says she doesn't want to die. Like she'll say it, but she's she'll be like, I don't want to die. She goes back and forth. I'm I saying... know, but she's on repeat for every 15 seconds, you know? And it's like, well, but she still that knows sucks. that something's wrong. Like she's in the beginning phase. Okay. Yeah. So then if I am, then yes. I'm talking completely gone. You don't know anyone, anything. So bro. So and if my family's people... in and out of the hospital and they're, it's burdening them. Yes. Yes, 100%. If it's affecting the people that I love, yes. If I'm just giving a nurse a job and I'm alone and, you know, healthcare is taking care of it, I'll probably just want to ride it out. I don't know. I don't know. But if I'm burdening the people around me, I certainly do not want to do that. Yeah. I think um, it's, it's, it's hard because I'm talking, I I'm talking hypothetically about people that I don't know, right? Because let's say it was my mom. Mm-hmm. Then how would I feel? Yeah, no chance. I'd probably be sad. I'd probably say no Mm -hmm. but then it's like okay what if it is my mom and she's completely gone and she's it's like one year of that two years of that three years and i'm just like fuck like we're keeping alive a human for no reason if if science gets to a point where we can identify the brain waves and the brain activity that does correlate directly to self-identity and self-awareness and we can find what that is and that's inactive fine maybe i mean maybe they can if, if that's possible, and I'm not aware of that, yeah. but if that is, and there's a scientific black and white ability to view that, fuck yeah. Get rid mm-hmm. of them. Because there's no reason. I know that, that in uh, I would, Oregon. I feel like everybody would be happier. If in Oregon, it's legal, right? And in 2015. Oregon's legaling, legalizing everything. Like, fuck it. LSD. Let's do it. Mushrooms. But you guys want it? Let's that's go. That's the way to do it, though. As long we, as you legalize everything and then educate the people on what's 100%. going on. Free market, dude. I'm with it. Free. That's what percent. land of the free is, dude. Hell yeah. Um, but anyways, Oregon in 2015, 35,000 people died that year. And out of that, only 132 um, were put down willingly or a family member willingly like they were just gone. Yeah. So uh, it's not even when it's legal, it's not that big. It's a very rare occurrence that it happens. So I'm not saying like put down everybody. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. But but yeah, that was a st- statistic I read. That was pretty. Yeah, I feel I don't know, man. I go back and forth with it because it's always case by case for me. Oh, 100% case you know. by case. So, I think it should be on the table, but there should be a lot of thing a lot of hoops to have to jump through to do it, right? Yes. And I think that there are already. I th- I think there are a couple of hoops that you could run through. Like what if you sign a uh, Oh, 100%. Jen, do you know I'm on a jump in. You work in a hospital. Right. And do you know if they have the ability to kill themselves, like to euthanize themselves? Like, look, I want I want out. See you. We usually get a proxy. What is that? English. Which is like usually the door 
if, if it's the mom and she's dying, you usually have somebody who can make the decision for them if they're going to become like a DNR. So if that person dies. But it's not put down. It's it's a do not resuscitate. Right. Oh, so like yes. let so, nature yeah. do its thing. Yeah. I mean. I, but I believe in that. On, Fine. I'm totally with that. Yeah. If they're not on life support, then you can't just be like, all right, she's forgetting everything. Just kill her. Like they're not going to do that. No. Well, no, no, yeah. no. One, no. <laughs> it's like the nurse who's like, fuck it. We're done. It's over. Everybody like, on floor two. Yeah, fucking ring them up. But if like Betsy, who's 103, is just like, dude, I had a good, I had a good run. This shit hurts. Oh, like no, if she wants it herself. Fuck. Like yeah. if she wants it herself. Yeah, but I'm saying just oh, yeah. at all. I didn't like, even think is of that. it allowed? Like if you're like, yo, I'm in a lot of pain. Like I hate this. They'll like like heavy morphine or some shit. But see, and then you're just sleeping all day every day, and yeah. you're fucking. When you wake up, you're dazed, and then yeah. See, like what is that? <sighs> it's great because then it's a because then it is a quality of life burden on the people who are trying burden to get on help yourself and, too. Yeah. But let's look. I look. Call me selfish. But the people who then selfish. are trying to get like uh, health insurance, that's skyrocketing because we're keeping people alive for longer over things that are preventable. But I'm not going to say that people of that age right now would have known about this because the science is very recent. Mm. I feel like things should change, but you know. Cigarettes weren't a bad thing in the 70s. Like, it wasn't they were promoted. a bad thing. Yeah, it was promoted. It was like, you, you fucking have a cigarette after breakfast. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Have a cigarette with your coffee. But I feel like now, today, with the education that we have, we need to implement some things. I feel like the company like Health IQ, where they do the tests, where they test, um, it's life insurance, where they test you, they do a health test on you, and you answer questions about your health and your fitness, and then they assess you based on your answers, and they give you a score, and then your price of your insurance is, is dictated on that. Yeah, the more healthy like and fit you are, the cheaper life insurance is for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense. They're betting against you dying, and if you seem like you're pretty resilient, you know, I, it's a fucking good chance to put my money on you, you know, 30 years. I don't mm -hmm. think you're going to die, so I'll give you a little bit of money a month. Uh, you pay me a little bit of money a month. Yeah, you know, and talking but, about um, preventing, um, did you see on my Instagram story? I think it was just last night when I was putting up with fructose. Yes, yeah. So I had a, a I had a couple that, of DMs. That's a misconception. Yeah, well, here here's exactly the misconception. Um, I had a couple of DMs from it, but one one girl was like, um, she said exactly. She was like, regarding your Instagram story, isn't fructose found in fruit? Um, are you saying fruit is bad? So, I love the the uh, right the misconception correlation like, oh, equals bad causation. Now? So that's like saying ambulances are really bad because every time there's a car accident, there's an ambulance there. So ambulances must be bad. Boom. That was All a pretty good one. Yeah. Right? That was a good one. Yeah. That wasn't bad. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Brianna Diorio for that meme. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She put a meme about ambulances. I was like, I'm going to use that. But for something else. Now I use it here. Okay. Can't take So what this, what this study was that I put up on my Instagram story last night was basically saying that um, – Metabolic syndromes like type 2 diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, uh, even cancers and dementia are on a rise like never before, right? And a lot of people contributed to, oh, it's because of obesity is rising. However, one of the biggest things that we've increased consumption of is fructose. And I'm not just saying, yes, okay, fructose is found in fruit, right? Mm -hmm. But with, along with that fruit is a bunch of other things. You get fiber minerals, vitamins, uh, it's all compiled naturally into one beautiful place. Mm -hmm. So no, fruit is not unhealthy. The four word. Yes. Demon. Fructose, the, the, the area of fructose that we've increased consumption is laboratory, factory, processed, cleaned and stripped of things and turned into other chemicals, fructose. Known like, as high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. High fructose corn syrup and other things too, but mainly high fructose corn syrup. 
the consumption of that has increased so highly and the studies the studies i was posting on my stories last night were all about the horrible effects that high fructose corn syrup or just fructose in general fructose pulled out and processed have on the body mm -hmm. and a, a, a lot of the studies are just pointing to basically all these metabolic syndromes that this can be you know one of the factors involved because obviously a lot of lifestyle habits have changed it's not just it's not just the fructose but no but there's you have glucose and fructose right so glucose is the readily available source of carbohydrate for the body right so when we take in glucose which isn't that often found it's it's in a ratio in fruit right in a nice healthy ratio but fructose gets processed by the liver and then gets produced into triglycerides and those are the issue that's where we then store that as body fat and that's where we elevate the level of triglycerides in our blood and that's where we then fuck with our hd our ldl cholesterol and then though that's where it starts compounding it's specifically fructose glucose on the other hand is a little different so now we're actually isolating the one compound that when hidden in that like you said in the fruity fibrous matrix of vitamins and water and a complexity it's like a wrapped gift right so like if i was to give you your present without wrapping it you're getting the gift you know exactly what it is right away it's processed but instead it's got to open it up it's got to read the card it's got to do all these little processes open the box and then open up the wrapping inside it's got so many processes before it actually gets to what it wants right so in that case, we're just isolating that little compound constantly and increasing the surface area of it because it's in a liquid form on top of that. So it's just like these free-floating uh, fructose molecules in your stomach getting processed by the liver. You have no chance. If you're drinking like an orange juice, there's no chance your body's going to produce uh, – your body's going to utilize that as energy right off the bat. It has to process it through your liver, turn it into a triglyceride, and if your body has a nice LDL to HDL ratio and you have a the particle size, all that bullshit is good, which is a very little slim chance that you have that type of genetic setup, you're fucked. And that's why 60% of kids are obese. It's unreal. It makes no sense why we continue to produce these products and it's okay, as the science is clear as fucking day. And that's where then diabetes, if we want to go back into what we were talking about before for Alzheimer's and dementia, you have this, this graduation from, uh, you have type two diabetes, right which is going to be your insulin resistance and then type one where you don't produce insulin anymore so you're taking in all this sugar constantly right and you're just training your body to say oh it's this, this influx of sugar constantly let's produce insulin and your body has a limited amount that it could possibly do uh produce of insulin so then now you start uh being unable to process glucose and then now you start degrading in your brain and that's where now the alzheimer's at some point it catches up so like 50 60 years old people are starting to witness this happening after consuming so much processed carbohydrates and i i mean it's just going to kill us and the biggest problem that we're going to have in the future is our healthcare costs that is going to be our so? number one you, that's we going to be a tsunami about that the other day. it's going to be an economic tsunami for us we're fucked it's going to be way over a trillion dollars alone and, you know, I mean, that's this is the world that we live in now. And this is why we try to start these little uh, this movement, you know, it scares the shit out of me, man. To be honest, you know, I, I look at I watch my sister the way that she raises her kids and they do pretty good. My this morning I was making broccoli. My nieces came over to my house this morning. I'm making broccoli and uh, I whip out an avocado. I've been processing all these other colored foods. They see the green. And they're like, 
and Snugs, my older one, she goes, what you eating? What are you eating? I'm like, uh, it's broccoli. She's, she's to, like, she's I want snag your broccoli. Avocado. Bro, she, no, the, uh, broccoli. She's like, I want broccoli. I was like, all right, yeah, go for it. Gave her broccoli. She ate it. She said, I like it. I like it. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. And then little, uh, little Snoozy over there, she's one years old. She's one and a half now. And she could see avocado. She immediately said, Cado, Cado. And I'm like, That's fuck so yeah, cute. you love healthy fats. Let's go, kid. I give her a little cube of avocado. Then Snugs, the other one, the older one, is like, I want an avocado. And they're just fighting over the greens, man. Don't like, you wish they ate like that all the time? But they can. They no, I know, can. but it's, it and depends. It's all on the adults, not. dude. The adults mess it up. I remember I came over once and she had a, a pizza and like these chicken nuggets bites. And I'm just, mm-hmm. I looked at it and right away. But they I do thought, pretty well, though. As a whole, they do pretty well. Those are like yeah. the reward foods or the easy foods. So I have to give them credit. They do eat. Maybe 70% healthy, 30% shit. I know, but like... I would like to do 100, yes. Exactly, because yeah. when you're a kid, when you're growing up, when you're literally growing, your cells are multiplying faster yeah. than they ever will in your entire life. That is when you are absorbing everything and using it to its full potential. And then we wonder why kids have ADD, because they're they're not able to build the neurons in their brain because they're not being provided omega-3s. They're not being provided any good fatty acids because fat is bad. People believe that fat is a problem. So let's give you these carbohydrates, these Ritz crackers with this bullshit cheese. Like, come the it's fuck It's low-fat cheese. Yeah, and like just a bag of Fritos. Bro, I even used to believe that. I used to buy low-fat cheese. I used to buy low-fat yogurt. Like an Me asshole. Too. Me too. Fat-free. Not even low. I was like, I need none of that. Calories are bad. Jackass. Meanwhile, I just have all this isolated lactose and I'm just getting this giant insulin spike whenever I have some sort of yogurt. Yeah. I guess the bottom line of that whole thing is that any time a food is just naturally the way Earth made it, don't hesitate to eat it. Yeah. Do not question, oh, is fruit bad for you? No, dude. Fruit is not bad for you. Fruit is not bad for you. It is definitely not bad for you. Now, Unless you're going to sit there with a bowl of watermelon, like, oh, fucking, I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. And actually, also, if you're going to eat fruit all day and have zero activity, it's like, dude, you're, you're eating all those sugars and not using them. But honestly, if you're whole- staying within your caloric window, right? So say you're staying with, say you, your daily requisites are 2,000 calories, right? That's what you need to sustain yourself. If your carbohydrate sources are 100% fruit, Right, you stay within your macros. You will not see adverse health effects. You will not see this no. horrible skew in your body composition. Well, it's a, well, you can't get type two diabetes from fruit. It's like yeah. impossible. Like if that was your only source, you yeah. no chance, no chance. You know, and someone's going heavy on yeah. the deadlift. Yeah, I wonder right if now. you guys hear that through the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's like wow, it's thunder. But um, yeah, you, had, so you had questions, right? I had yeah. I had some uh, fan what, questions. So it's relative to diet. So how do I incorporate more veggies into my diet? Mm, bro, I have so many clients who hate veggies. I have so many clients who say they would like veggies, but they don't know how to prepare them. That's why I got this question. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I know you're like the, the roasted veggie king. The roasted veggie so king? Oh, dude, it's so that. easy. It's so easy. Ready? You put your- Put your seatbelt on, guys. Put your seatbelt on. Okay. Then you put your broiler on low. Your broiler, if you guys don't know what a broiler is, it's on the your oven, in the oven, on the top. There's either flames or an elect- electric thing on the top. And it just heats. Flames? <laughs> flames, if you have a gas oven. You got flame. Well, okay. Visible. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, damn, dude, that's a dope fireplace. Like a, yeah, like a brick <laughs> oven. No, I'm no. In. it's Bro, you're, you're I, I know, a gas. I know. But yeah. I guess, yeah. I don't know. You said flames. And Next I was like, time dude, you turn, that's a cool Turn concept. your broiler on and look under. You'll yeah, see there's okay. just fire. Check it out, dude. Thank you. So it's just the top of the oven. And it's going to, you put it on low yeah. in a big bowl. What I like to do is broccoli, asparagus, string beans, Brussels sprouts, and every once in a while, squash. 
and I'll dice it all up, throw it in a massive bowl, douse it in extra virgin olive oil, then season it however you want. I do salt, pepper, garlic, and then um, onion powder. No, no onion powder. That's what I do. Just okay. If you guys have it, and yeah. then I do uh, thyme. Or time? Time. Time? Time? <laughs> time. It's T-H-Y-M-E. It's, it's it might be thyme, but I hear it time all the time. Really? Yeah. Huh. Time all the time. Ah. So you literally put in this big bowl, and then you do kind of one of the shimmies where you shake the bowl around and everything flips. Yes. And then you just put it on a pan and stick it right on the broiler, and that's it. Your veggies will come out perfect. Just keep an eye on it because uh, there's a good chance you can make them black and uh, carcinogenic. Yeah. I don't know what time. Like, there's it all depends time. on the strength of your broiler. Exactly. Because low and high is super generic. But, uh, you know, you should be there when you're doing it. So, uh, you know. Yeah. So what I do. scrolling through Instagram and going down a wormhole <laughs> on YouTube or some shit and Facebook fights. You could turn around, look into your broiler, turn the light on, just check it out. See what's going on in there. There you go. And what I do is with these veggies, the burnt veggies, these are the ones that I put in a massive Tupperware and keep for the week. Mm-hmm. Right. And then. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that people don't understand. I think that they think that they have to make their vegetables every single for time. that meal. And it's like, you know, we have a refrigerator, right? This was a giant revolution. At some point in time, right? A uh, what? Giant revolution. No, a refrigerator. A refrigerator? Is that new? Uh, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get it at first, <laughs> Dude, didn't you? useless. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, the you revolution? just pop it right in, and you just take a fistful and drop it into your, your bowl. Drop it into your bowl, and then add whatever proteins and carbohydrates or mm-hmm. other fats. What I, what I would do is sweet potatoes and those veggies yes. are the only things that I cook in bulk and use it for the week. So think of how easy it is to, I just take a pan, put some butter in it, stick a steak in, season the steak, let that cook. And then right next to it in a plate, I plop my pre-cooked sweet potato and my vegetables, heat them up, and that's it. Throw the steak right on top. Super simple. So those veggies are the ones that I cook for the week. Now, the other veggies I eat during the day, I cook them uh, a la carte, if you can say. And that is, I'll literally throw in everything that I like. So diced up eggplant, cucumbers. Carrots, tomatoes, mushrooms, and either spinach or kale, right? And I'll put that all in a pan with extra virgin olive oil, very low heat, and I'll just let that sit and saute. And then it's just a delicious sauteed blend of all these veggies, mushrooms too, and carrots are people incredible. don't understand is on green cruciferous vegetables, like the hard type of, not like a fruity, uh, like a tomato or something like thick, like squash or something that has like water in it, just something that's leafy, very mm-hmm. leafy green. Putting Parmesan cheese on it, very light <laughs> Parmesan cheese. The Brussels sprouts are the best. Bro, like you could get away with that. Do that. We give you full, full reign. Just Parmesan be cheese careful and careful how much too. you put on there. Breadcrumbs. You ever do breadcrumbs on Brussels I, sprouts? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not on your team for this one. No. <sighs> but have you done it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you just don't like it? Like oregano, it's oregano is like exactly. The, yeah, exactly. I've had that type. You're of just shit. not a fan, I like it, or you don't I like just, the health for, factor yeah, of that's breadcrumbs. The, you were losing the the vegetable aspect here. You and I could do it. Anyone who works out <laughs> res, uh, religiously and doesn't fuck off constantly and you know mess up their diet, go for it. You could totally get away with it. But if you're trying to adopt uh, a healthy eating and you don't know how to eat vegetables, do not do the breadcrumb thing yet. You can earn that. You can earn okay. that. That'll be a goal. Okay. That'll be a way to set a goal so that you can take it. <laughs> I'm going to get to the breadcrumb level. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. Small <laughs> W's, bro. Like we say all the time. Small W's will get you to that giant W. How do you make your veggies, Frank? How do I make It all depends on the veggies. So well, tell me. with all my greens, uh, so like leafy greens, I'm just simple. Throwing it in garlic and oil on a pan and just get those boys mixed up. 
Um, I'm sorry, I assume their gender. Um, th- those boys and girls and Zer and Z and Za and all that shit. All in one. And then we put that into a plate. Very offensive. I don't give a fuck. You could listen to a different podcast. Um, and, <laughs> and then from there, we put that into the bowl. Uh, whatever I'm eating, I just kind of just mix it. And I've been on. Can this you give kit- me specifics? Can you give me vegetable specifics, please? Because you just said green and then boy. I said green. Well, I can't be specific. I can't assume their genus. No, seriously. What do you? Okay. Use? So no. So we have spinach, kale, um, Swiss chard. Those are my three go-to's, and baby kale every once in a while. Oh, a can I ask you something before greens. you continue? What's that? What the fuck is rainbow chard? Rainbow chard is... So Mike and I were making stem. fun of you. Well, because we were going cool, through a... the recipe book you and I made. Yes. And one of your recipes was rainbow chard. And we looked at each other and we're like, what? Yes. Only Frank would find rainbow chard. Like, what is... Well, I've never heard of it. shop at Whole Foods. I do, but not for All chard. Right. So, so for the chard, the stems of the leaf, right, are... Rain, not rainbow colors, but each one is a different color. So one will be like a light pink. The other one will be like a dark, like almost violet. Then one's orange and yellow. Like there's just different stems. Throughout and the, the plant the is called rainbow, it's called rainbow chard. Yeah, I'm not okay. just like oh it's a rainbow. There's a bunch of colors. Well, like yeah. no, it's it's rainbow chard is the name. Okay. Swiss chard is just the standard little red leaf. Um, anyway, yeah. Thank you. So those would be the, my leafy greens. And then asparagus, I'll do the same thing that you do. Um, Brussels sprouts will do the same thing you do with the broiler because you need to break through the hard fibers that are in there. They're break down intense. the membrane. Yeah, there's so much fiber in there that like your body's just going to go into shock as you eat those. <laughs> like if you have like an almost raw asparagus, like at the bottom, you'll notice like when you make asparagus. You got to cut those off. You don't just do like the arrowheads or whatever the hell they're called. Spears. Mm-hmm. Spears. Pre-cut. Yeah, so like at the bottom, there's that thick, like almost, it turns white. It loses pigment. I cut them off right You there. have to. Yeah. I made the mistake of not cutting them off once, yeah. and I was just like... <laughs> yeah, there's like just no chance. Dying trying to... Sw- I was swallowing them whole, honestly. Yeah. At one I'm, point, I'm, I was like, I'm fuck it. That. So, also, I'll do beets. Um, beets are a big Did vegetable. you ever cook with beet leaves? A lot of people throw them no, out. No, I've never Sauteing done it. I don't beet get leaves, I, bro. I buy beets already Pre- pickled. Like pickled beets, because they're so good. They're like sweet. Get natural... Get full beets, like not washed mm-hmm. or anything with the leaves and the leaves use them just like you would spinach yeah that's one thing i fall into the convenience factor with beets specifically because there are weeks that i'm just like i'm not even gonna touch them i don't even want them like for some reason i just really? wouldn't be there yeah i don't know why that's that's a weird if you eat me. if you keep it up every day consistent with beets it boosts yeah. your nitric oxide your natural levels of nitric oxide yeah. a lot i no, don't know definitely. the numbers but i'm just gonna say no a I, lot. Tol- I totally yeah <laughs> i get it i get it no and it is one of the most potent uh vasodilators yeah out there so you know and it's natural so it's like okay fuck it win-win but um where else am i at um for vegetables uh i'll do every once in a while i'll do uh fucking um squash Mm. and uh zucchini like i'll get one of those combos if i'm at trader joe's i get it every time um mushrooms are not vegetables so gotta be specific i still throw it in there though um so portobello mushrooms uh baby bella mushrooms uh then maybe white like the white mushrooms Mm. but i don't my you know my family will get those and i'll eat them if they're there but i'll get the portobello because those actually have like positive effects um and i wish i could like eat fucking cordyceps but you can't you know I have but, uh, ashwagandha pills. No, to actually, oh, I should eat, bring them in. Eat the cordyceps mushroom, like actually, just like saute cordyceps. Uh, why I don't can't know you? That, I don't know. They don't sell them. You don't think so? No, they usually just sell them in supplements. Really? Yeah. Like if you go to any food place, it's gonna be baby bella mushrooms, portobello, no, I know, and then but some other miscellaneous Amazon. shit. But uh, Amazon, <laughs> you just get like fresh direct to your house. 
But um, most of the time, it's really just the mushrooms or the green leafy, uh, the leafy greens. And then every once in a while, I mess around with beets, uh, squash, or zucchini. I don't really do too much. And Brussels sprouts often. Um, that's really it. I mean, do you wash I don't your really veggies? Do much. Uh, dip- because I, I was wash. I was making it this morning. I went food shopping this morning. Went home. If when I, I roast them, yes. If I'm sautéing them, no. Because I, I don't wash them at all, and I oh. heard it's really bad because it's pesticides on them. But I buy all organic, and I know organic. Like, if it's genuine organic, there's not the problem with lab organic. made. Not there's not lab made pesticides. There's natural pesticides used. Yeah. So I don't know. I never wash it, and then I always sometimes with the mushrooms when I cook with them, there's dirt on it. Bro, I'll literally throw it in the pan. Just saute it. But see, I'm here's just like, my theory. I'm not gonna die from eating this dirt. Yeah, like and it's with, gonna strengthen me. I'm with you. So I think about pesticides as like, have you ever tried to wash a, excuse me, a bowl that's like dirty? It's caked on shit. Like when we're done with these Tupperwares at night, they're and greasy. like I come home, they're greasy. They're no, but they're like they're caked on, right? So like all the residue of what I've eaten is caked on. And if I was to just hit it with water and just kind of like rub it with my hand, it's still fucking there. It's still there. So, mm-hmm. with my vegetables, am I cleaning the vegetable there if I just that, run it through water? But also, I don't think so. There is that. Yes, I get it. But I did listen to a podcast with Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Yeah. And she oh, was man. explaining what she how incredibly important it is to wash vegetables because they are the heavy. Well, I'm dead. Yeah. All right. <laughs> if she no, said I was it, just because I, I was thinking to it. I was thinking about it myself this morning as I was cooking. So I, I just wanted fruit. to see you. I wash fruit. Um, every once in a while, I'll be like. Mm. And I'll just like if it's convenience factor, I just toss them in. Yeah. Um, but, dude, I think the eighty twenty, the ninety ten principle, ninety percent of the time I'm pretty good. Ten percent I'm kind of like, ah, oh, fuck it, yolo, you know. So that's part of the ten, is me washing my shit, um, my vegetables. <laughs> um, so yeah. So in order to eat more vegetables, I try to also. I actually wrote down something here, um, to dress it in healthy fats. That's a big thing. So like the Parmesan cheese and olive oil, uh, coconut oil. If you cook greens and like leafy greens and coconut oil, it's a different animal. It's actually really good. I've never done that. It's weird. It's not really good. It's just its own flavor. And if you could pair it nicely with a, a protein, it's very, very nice. So like if I have steak. Does it like film the inside of your mouth? It, I feel it, like yes, it would. A little bit. Yes. So it has like this because thi- it's a saturated fat, right? So coconut oil is like a different feeling. I'm like, trying to swish it around right now in my mouth. And yeah. It. it gives you like a, a film. There is a film. But it tastes good. It like sweetens it. It's like a sweeter vegetable, but it has to be paired right with the right food. Um, usually some sort of red meat. It works. Um, also, uh, I hide it in my carb sources. So like if you don't like broccoli, go take the top, like the part that looks like leaves, like a little tree. It looks like a little tree. You're going to cut the tops off, the branches and the, the little leaves where it gets off. The little dots. The green dots. Yeah, those little fluff dots. And they then the stuck stem. stuck in your teeth all the time and you're like, hey. Yeah, the, <laughs> the little stem you could cut and discard, right? Um, the most of the nutrients is in those green, the dark green. So cut that and then cut it into really fine pieces so that it distributes throughout and then drown it in olive oil or healthy oil and then mix it in with your carbohydrate source. So like rice, you do rice and broccoli. Mm-hmm. You don't need big chunks of broccoli. You can just cut it so that it kind of oh, goes around as like a garnish. That's a good idea for like little kids who don't want to eat broccoli. T- Dude, the best invest- investment ever is paltry scissors. Just yeah. use that. No, I have those. Just cut everything. You can, if you cut your big greens, like your leafy greens and big leaves of spinach and shit, just cut them down and then break it down on a pan and like let them and I'm, melt. You know what I'm and thinking? You, you know so what I thought of? Uh, sweet, mashed, mashed sweet potato with the broccoli oh, dude, just chopped up in there, just one. mixed all in. You throw some grass-fed butter in there too. Oh my God, I'm doing Ooh. that next time. I'm bringing that in. 
I have both of them just sitting in my house. I do too. I'm going to bring them home. I'm going to bring them here. Let's make it Thursday. a date. Thursday, we're doing it. Let's make it a date. Sounds good, dude. Sorry, Jen. Jen's like, I don't cook. She's not even paying attention. Yeah, Jen's studying. Sounds fun. No, you're not. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Anyway, <laughs> do you have another uh, thing? Yo, wait, I have Jen, two. you're a fucking beast. Let me just tell you, with Olympic lifting, dude, it's no joke when you when you talk about how much she Olympic lifts. It's like nonstop. It's like it's so cool to watch because she. We were talking about this before. Pound for pound, I will admit she is stronger than I am. You think so? For explosive for what? strength, for what kind for of explosive training? one rep strength, she's stronger than I am. She has to be. So if you took her, let's actually do it. Let's let's do it. She's right like now rolling live. her eyes. She's like, Psh, yeah. All yeah. right. So let's do this live, right? So what's your max squat right now? Two seventy five. Two seventy five. And how Damn. much do you weigh? One thirty. One thirty. Let's. So it would be one thirty divided by two seventy five. Yeah. One thirty divided by two seventy five. I'll do it. I know it's gonna be a number, but do that, okay? And then my max squat is probably right now four twenty. Maybe 415. I'll do 415 to be conservative. 415, and I'm 216 No, but pounds. with his weight. Nah, do it. So 130 so divided hers, by 275. Hers is uh, 0.4727. Okay, and mine is 216 divided by 415. I think I, I think I got her. 0.52. Fucking get out of my house. Whatever. I still think she's she's sexier. It's like, right. well, yeah. I mean, way sexier than that. God damn. No, she's a badass mother. 315, she got me beat. Do 315 because that is – but then if we're going to go to my Mac – all right, we're going to beat a dead horse here. But um, regardless, anyway, she's a fucking for animal. For two hours, for two <laughs> hours, you did not leave that platform, or that deadlift barbell. platform. The barbells did not leave at all. She was throwing It was impressive. Them. It was impressive. But it's fun, man. This one thing too, like today was one of those days where I was like, this is why I'm so happy for what changes have occurred in my life. Right. So being And we here, talk about it every podcast, but yeah. I don't think it's gonna get old. It's not gonna get old because I really want people to understand like there's nothing to be scared of if you have something that you really want to do. And for me it was forced upon me. But it's like you can't describe it until you're in the, the situation. Right. So I may not have my health insurance right now. Right. Like that may not be a thing that's I took that for granted. Me let's neither, say. Honestly, I don't have it. Right. But big fucking deal right now. Right. Your quality of life is super important. If you're, you're focused on your health and you're taking care of most of the boxes, you're checking off all the health boxes. You're probably not going to have a chronic illness. You're probably not going to need medication. That's a very, very good well, chance. Before you but continue, it's a freak accident before you continue, thing. let's back up and, and give a little backstory on that. A couple of days ago, my my father came into the studio and we were all yeah. talking and it was yesterday was it oh wow it was bro it was last night i'm so, dude we do so much stuff now i can't even if i didn't have this calendar right here my fuck note fuck you <laughs> fuck everything about you um inside joke so my dad was here and you know frank and i were updating on everything that we're doing and how did he how did he bring it up oh he was explaining he's like so this is such an old mentality of you know job and money he was explaining that Sometimes it's better to work a job your whole life that pays a little less, but you have really good benefits. So when you retire, you know, you can retire comfortably. And as he said that, I'm looking at you, right? And I'm just like shaking <laughs> he didn't my head. know where he was going with that. I was like, oh, no, dude, you're talking to him. Oh. Yeah, dude, I literally told him. I was like, I was like, pa, you're, you're talking to the two wrong people for that. And he's like, yeah. no, no, seriously, like benefits are really good. And it's just like he did backpedal a little bit. 
as as we kind of yeah, talked but, about it. The, but the point is, like, that's such an old way of thinking. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to work this job where I don't get paid a lot and I don't really enjoy it. But when I retire at 65, I'll be I'll be good. Yeah. And I built all these habits of being dissatisfied with my day to day or I'm not exploring my full potential as a human being. So I will never get to feel I'll have this Bro, humans are incredible, exist. incredible. The things we can oh, do man. just from watching that Netflix documentary, One Strange Rock, it's like. Humans are unstoppable, and we're completely fucking ourselves. We're suppressing all of our our potential by being caught up in this safe, secure lifestyle. Well, we think the original thought was, oh, we're, we're progressing ourselves with all this technology. We're making life easier. This is perfect. Everything's evolving beautifully. And, and of course, it's, it's not. It's biting us right in the ass. No, 100%. And then now everybody sees what everyone's doing, and it's... Excuse me. It's very difficult to be able to sit in your mediocre and by mediocre, I mean a life that you're living where you're not excited to go to work. You're not excited to do what you do every day. Cubicle. Usually, cubicle usually it's just yeah, cubicle I mean, job. I don't know anyone who's passionate about their cubicle job that has been working there for over two years. I, I don't know of anybody. Right. And like I, unless you're giving away sweepstakes money. You know, hey, welcome, <laughs> Mary. Um, it's Tammy with fucking GiveMoneyAway.com. Hey, you've won $300 million. Come by. We're going to see the smile on your face. Like, that doesn't happen. It's usually like, hey, uh, your credit card's overdue, and we're going to put you into collections if you don't pay your bill. Um, I have to deal with this fight, and I'm probably going to jump out the window. Like, that's the type of shit that and you have to keep on, on that voice the whole time. Oh, ma'am, I'm sorry, <sighs> oh, dude, but here's what we it. can do for you. It's so <laughs> fake the entire time. You ever talk to them? And, I used uh, to be one, dude. No, but you ever get on the phone with them and they talk like that and you you, oh, yeah. you say like, you know, I, I try and be funny all the yeah. time. So I try and break it down. Like if someone's talking to me like that, I'm like, like, ma'am, you can like, you know, I'm cool. You can like chat with me and whatever. And they don't expect you to say that or something, anything stupid. And they're just like break that character of yeah. work. And like, oh, okay, well, uh, what I have in front of me is another they'll just get serious. Yeah. It's so funny because there's such a front of like, I'm at work now and I have to be happy and talk like this to get my sales. Bro, the best is when like you'll call like Chase or something and they'll be like, hi, thank you on this beautiful day for calling Chase Banking. <laughs> on the We are in sunny Illinois. <laughs> you know, and it's just a, like, script. Okay, a script. Hold on, hold on. Listen, say hello. Hi, is this Mr. Frank Pugliese? Um, can you please <laughs> confirm your address for me, please, so I could confirm who I'm speaking with? I'm like, we could have gotten this done like an hour ago. Um, I'm actually two years older since I've called you uh, and fuck you. Um, but basically what I'm trying to say here is there's no reason to get caught up in the security of life unless that's what you like. Some people do love that. Like I've talked about that in front of my friends, right? So my friends from high school and we've all kind of gone separate ways. We've talked about this on the podcast before. And I noticed like, since I told them about what happened, they're like, Oh, so what are you going to do for insurance? What are you going to do for, uh, for income? I was like, I'm actually making what I made over there. And then on top of that, I'm going to try to figure out other rev rap, uh, revenue streams. Revenues. Ravenous. Um, some other revenue streams. And, you know, I can do whatever I want with my time. And I'm excited. I'm not I'm not down about this. This is a good thing, right? Because to them, they're like, oh, Frank got fired. Like, yeah, like, oh, bad. There goes bad. Frank again. Yeah, like, fucking Frank. You know, and it was, I was like, you, you guys have no idea what I feel right now. Like, I'm excited. This is a beautiful thing. And no one really understands it because they're so caught up in the security. And they, they look at life as... 
you know, as long as you take care of this box, which is my job box, my career box. Okay, that's good. Check. They don't do any qualitative assessment. Like, oh, is this really fulfilling me? Or is this like, okay, is, is it pissing me off? Like, they'll just deal with the consequences completely. Suppress their, their instinct to have fun, you know. And I have some people just, they're overcompensating with alcohol or they're, you know, just completely losing it on the weekends or doing nothing and wondering why am I miserable? And I'm sitting here like, I'm not better than you. I don't have the secret, but God damn it, man. For some reason, I'm not upset and I don't have those safeties. And there's something about just doing what you want to do when you want to do it. And not everybody can, but you got to invest in yourself and explore yourself. I wouldn't be who I am right now if I didn't dig deep and research on my own every night about health, you know, related things or exercise related things or anything having to do with what I'm interested in. Now I'm in a position to disseminate that information to others and help influence their life and i know that there's a market for that i planned this the whole fucking time and for them it's just like well why are you doing that why are you doing that why are you doing that? and this is now why i'm doing it so why don't you have a passion or something that you want to do because i know that you're not happy in your you know tax audit office you're not you're not happy there i know you're not i know you're not happy doing manual labor breaking your back every day i know you're not you know and you know i don't like to say oh, i told you so because no one really knew what was going to happen in the future for them but to look at somebody who just quote unquote lost their job and be like, oh, pity party. It's like, nah, man, it, that's so not. But the that's case. only because you had everything set up. You were working on something else while working your job too. For someone who's in that position and they have dreams, to look at that goal, it just it looks so daunting. You yeah. know, when you look at the big picture right away, you're sitting at your nine to five and you're you're so pissed off. You're so, you know, nutritionally inflamed, chronically stressed. <laughs> For real. Uh, it, it's you look at the big picture of like, oh, that's my dream. That'll never happen. That's yeah. a completely different life. That is hard to do. And actually, just what Jen was talking about before and how my answer was everything is small steps. Um, Jen was like, isn't it crazy? Like when people come up to you and they kind of treat you like a celebrity. And I'm like, honestly, no, because it was a small, gradual step to that point. Right. Like it wasn't just all of a sudden we started this. It was day after day. It was task after task. So. If you're sitting in that office and you're confused and you don't know, you see the big picture, but it, it looks scary, dude, just take the one step. Yeah. One step. Because there's nothing like, wrong if you're happy doing what you're doing. If the you smallest say step. you're happy, it's okay. Like, if you could say, look, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing, though. Like, I, I don't agree with what you guys are saying. Then totally, you, please, you're doing it right. No, like, of course. We but need I think, people to do those jobs. I think us as, as young minds and the people who listen, like all of us as a growth-minded you know, audience, I feel like we all, I feel like us and then everyone who listens has, has plans of course, bigger yeah. than what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. I know I do, 100%. you know, I have this studio. It's fucking beautiful, but I still have plans bigger than this. Yeah. I, I hope to move out of this very soon, not very soon, but one day, like <laughs> within mean, the near future, right? Something like, that some can point. hold a ping pong table. Yes. Oh my God, dude. I'm, we're having withdrawals, but I'm going to fulfill that tonight with Jen. Yeah. Huh? Sorry. Huh? <laughs> 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 well, I wish we could turn the camera yeah, around. Um, but yeah, now nah, anyway, but, uh, I don't have any other questions here. Do you have any more? Oh, that was it? No, that's all. I that got. was all my questions. Yeah. Too. Cause uh, people, so I had a question. I tried to turn this into a question because it was a, I'm just going to say it and then we're going to talk about it. Okay. I'm just going to say it. I'm okay? just going to say it. Okay. I'm just going to say it. Um, are PRs are chasing PRs helpful for gaining muscle now that's loaded. So how, loaded. how so would we PRs go for anybody who well, doesn't understand yeah. is a personal record. Um, that would be a weight, one uh, rep max, like a one rep max best. weight goal. Um, now, I look at this in two different ways because it depends on what you do. 
for in the gym, like how you work out. Right. So if you're someone who's going there for maintenance or you're just like, I just want to be healthy. I don't think it's ever smart to do a PR. No, there's just no reason. Right. I'd say max out at three reps. This way, the first one is controlled and you're not going in there guessing like, oh, can I do this weight? I don't know. And you crumble under the weight. Um, And also you just compromise your form if you're not used to lifting heavy. So and also I agree that if you challenge your body far enough with the weight and add resistance and your form is good, then you will gain muscle and you will gain that adaptation to, you know, putting your body through that heavy stress. I do believe that, but a PR is not that necessary. Cause I've, I've been asked like, Oh, so how much do you squat? How much do you do? Oh I'm like, I don't That's care. The biggest question. I, it doesn't matter. What's your bench, bro? Even though we just like, talked about what it is before. my bench. I don't know. But, five sets of five today. Yeah. Like, no dude. Yeah. How like, much what's your max? You know, what makes you, you, man? <laughs> I don't know. How do I judge you? Yeah, you know, that's, that's like, always that's a thing. That's crazy. Like, what the fuck does that, where does that ever apply? So I used to train actually years ago, coming into the gym and every day thinking, if it was chest day, I'm, I got to beat every other chest day I've ever had. Every day. And dude. get, you know, bench heavier than I ever have. And if I couldn't get up to it, next chest day, I would do it again. It was just the mentality every day. Now it's, now I realize, okay, that's so stupid. There's no structure. There's no programming. And there's no like specific goal honestly you kind of so it's not smart if you take the sense of oh when i work out i try and hit all my prs that's mm-hmm. that's it i just try and break my prs no you're, you're totally gonna overwork yourself yeah, like badly too and also on top of that i don't know this is a controversial topic but i really don't care for belts or straps or things that are going to help and i was the number one fucking advocate for belt and knee sleeves and you know I, that was really it i would do knee sleeves and belt and I would just get under the squat and I would do one to two reps of my highest weight that I could do. And it was just like, why do I need I need this to support my structure because my structure can't support this weight. So what am I really chasing? Dude, am I my, chasing my, validation or am I chasing actual gains? No, it's just it's just that what you said, like strapping up everything is just the way that we were taught. So my my cousin that I'm training. He used to be a bodybuilder in the in the 90s and early 2000s. And we're actually going to have him on this podcast because mm-hmm. he's a he's that a beast. Awesome. He's a beast in business, and also he was in the bodybuilding fitness world in the 90s and 2000s. So I want to dig his I want to pick his brain for that. Yeah. But he was telling me the other day, he was like, "Bro, when I used to lift like this, they would strap me up so tight I would waddle over to the squat bar." And he's like, he's like, I literally couldn't move, but that's what they would do. Belt. Wrist wrist wraps, uh, niche knee wraps, Rap. not just not just. <laughs> Bro, that, you were doing that, that too, was Jen? Jen. As fuck. When I hit three fifteen, I was like, do it. I had somebody else wrap my knees. Bro, she was. Oh, dude, it yeah. was just. It's what they were taught. It's like, oh, you want to squat heavy? Wrap it all up. Bro, fucking wrap mu- your willy. <laughs> For real, they're like little muscle mummies walking around the gym, just like yeah, so, stiff. So the held. the issue with that is is you're not. So you strap everything up, right? Everything's tight. Now you're able to bench. Now you're able to squat, let's say, literally maybe 100 pounds heavier than you can, right? So great. You're all fucking high-fiving your buddies. I just did 405. It's like, okay, but what can you actually do? Like, you actually can't do that. You're not that strong. Yeah, because where do we draw the line, right? Like, what if I had a hoist holding my ass up? And just like, oh, well, without the hoist, you know, I could probably do like 415. But like with the hoist, I'm like, like five. Excuse me. Ew, that was gross. Would you just burp up, dude? I just burped up sardines, bro. Oh, that's great. That's... Yes. Sardines and broccoli. 
Mm, you guys are so lucky you're not here right Those now. are healthy, though. Those are healthy. They are very healthy. I have a great uh, gut flora. <laughs> Super happy. <laughs> so, so PRs, yes, PRs, PRs for gaining muscle, right? So I really think that where this question stemmed from was, should I be pushing as hard as I can every day? Because a lot of people, like we preach all the time, like you need to overcome your previous adaptation to start to adapt again and advance forward, right? So that kind of does sound like push as hard as you can. It kind of does. If you're not really educated on exercise and physiology and knowing how the body adapts, like maybe you think, okay, well, the ultimate weight I could push is going to be the thing that sets the trend for how far I need to go next time. And it sets the bar higher and higher and higher. I don't think that, I know that that's not true. You don't have to do that. You could break that down into reps for every set and then use those as your PR. So my PR for five by fives, so five sets of five reps would be X, right? So for bench press, if I'm gonna do five by fives, I'll put on 260 or 255. Instead of doing my max out bench, which I don't know, but I know what I can do for five with clean form. Now that's your new max. Why don't you put it in that type of context? Once you put it in that type of context, then you're doing it safely, and then you could progress without getting hit by this truck of you know weight which would be that one rep max maybe you needed a spot maybe you started compromising your form and then it really wasn't a perfect bench press and you're not hitting the targeted muscle so you're actually not getting the the physical gains that you were looking for so now your ultimate goal was to look better and you wanted to get stronger but really all you did was kind of spaz out and use different muscles that you didn't intend to use and didn't put the stress on the muscles to create the adaptation and then you just kind of did this you did some theater. It was like lifting theater. Like, oh, look what I did. I did something. But like it didn't actually translate into adaptation. So for me, the best the best thing that I've done to grow muscle, because this is like the question was, uh, do PRs help you grow fat muscles? Right, fasting? Uh, right? Gaining muscle, like yes. Gaining muscle. So the best thing Growing that I've muscles. done, which is complete opposite, literally the complete, congratulations on that fart. Thank you. The complete opposite of PRs was just, uh, getting a better range of motion. Yes. Oh I my have, God, dude, huge. my muscle mass and definition has grown like crazy. Not from, I'm, I'm lifting less weight than I used to. Mm -hmm. I used to be able to bench 315 for like one or two reps. I can't get anywhere near that. Mm -hmm. However, I look more full. I look dense and I look bigger. And the only thing I've put a lot of, of, of focus on is my range of motion and my mobi mobility. A million percent. I couldn't agree more. Because now you, you think what you're doing, right? Like you're not focusing on structure, your body structure, your bones and leverage and cocking out a form and putting it through a different plane of motion. You're going through the correct movement so that you apply most pressure through the muscle groups so that those muscle groups get hit with the stress and then the muscle groups are forced to adapt, not your structure and kind of swinging your shoulders around or maybe rolling your shoulders forward on a bench press instead of keeping your scaps retracted like you should and like once you break out of that form now you're using other muscles and maybe your first rep if you did like a two rep max was good and then your second rep that you think was still good was not as you rolled forward and now you're not training your chest anymore now you're just kind of doing like a a crunch to get it up you know the it's things like that that kind of fuck people a little bit. So doing your form and the, mobi and the mobility is huge. That one is huge because a lot of people think like, oh, if I gain mobility, I'll probably lose my strength, mm -hmm. which is not true. You're just able to now toggle the muscles in the right range of motion to then accelerate your work, your hypertrophy gains, like your muscle gains, right? Size gains, because now you're actually grabbing that muscle in your mind. Your mind is like, hey. I got this muscle. We're going to use this one right now. We're going to go through the rep range exactly how it was intended. And then you're actually putting more stress on that muscle. 
And I can tell. I mean, you know, it definitely oh. looks no, but like I remember when you're doing three fifteen and what you look like now compared to then and you actually look better now and you're not as strong necessarily. Oh, not at all. But you may be intrinsically stronger in the muscle itself. Like using the good no form. Doubt. Your chest no might doubt. be able to produce more force than it did when you were putting three fifteen up, but maybe you're using more tricep and bowing out your back or rolling your shoulders. And then and forward. then beyond all that, beyond just muscle growth, dude, I feel amazing. I feel like I have complete control over my body and how I can hold it, how I can posture it, like complete control. Yeah. And it's it's all it, it all ripe down to the mobility and the ranges of motion. Mm-hmm. And I put I put uh, one of my new clients through a workout and we just did an assessment because we're going to be working online. So I'm not going to be able to train her. Right. So we were on the turf and I was just teaching her exactly how to do a hip hinge, which is a deadlift, right, where you bend at the hips and nothing else. You keep soft knees. How hard was it to teach her, dude? It, it was it was easy to teach her, but it was hard for her to do it because well, that's it was what I meant. Hard. I'm sorry. I worded yeah. that wrong. Like How hard her, was it? She was sweating. She's like, oh, I've got such a workout. I didn't put any weight on. And she's used to squatting with a barbell with, you know, 25s on each side. She's like, I usually do about 95 pounds on the squat. You know, I do it for about six reps. I'm like, I don't believe that. So let's see. And we're just doing bodyweight squats. And I'm like, look, you want to press your knees out. And as you come down, I want you to support your spine. And the second that your butt starts to do that little divot, like a bee sting, right? The second that happens, we're done. We cut the rep. So she's stopping at 90 degrees because her hip mobility and her ability to hold her thoracic, her middle back, her spine. Completely failing. She can't do that. She starts to roll forward. And the second you start to do that, you should not load on that part of your body. So now Mm -hmm. what you're doing in order to get that 95 pounds up is you're relying on the structure, your tendons, ligaments, and your bones to get the weight up. You're supporting it with leg strength, but your structure is very, very unstable. And at some point, there's a tipping point where it will uh, translate into injury. And they don't notice that because a lot of people don't go hard enough, but they do it for long enough to where it gets these little ailments every once in a while, and they somewhat add up at some point and that you don't know where the issue was because it wasn't this obvious like oh i just pulled my back out but these little micro fractures start to occur and then you're fucked and it's also not it's not like culturally known or or talked about that working out or a specific exercise like the squat or the deadlift is a skill and you need to learn that skill you know before you play And, and you know what's a great example of this only in bodybuilding can you just go all of a sudden, oh, hey, I'm going to compete. I'm going to do a show. Oh and you're not a professional. You haven't even you haven't even lifted for a year yet. Why, Jen, laughing? You wanted to do that? She competed, didn't she? she oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were shredded. I mean, but she looks good, though. Only bodybuilding. Think of this. Think of this analogy. Only bodybuilding. You can just go one day. You've been lifting for like six months. You're like, oh, my God, I love it so much. I feel amazing. I want to compete. And you can go compete on a professional stage. What other sport can you, you can't just say, oh, I like soccer. I'm going to go be a professional and just jump into the professionals. Mm-hmm. Like you haven't learned any of the skills of how to play soccer. You can't do the football. You haven't learned the skill yet. You have to go through practice and learn the skills. So with bodybuilding, for some reason, there's a disconnect with that. And people who have no business being on a stage are on stages and they're not learning the skill of a squat, the skill of a deadlift, the skill of muscle contraction and mind muscle connection it's a pure pure example or symbol of what we're doing with social media and the way that we validate each other's social status right so when you look at somebody who's on instagram and they have the filters and they have all these things that warrant them beauty so to speak they give them this persona or this look this aura that they're this fucking 
dime piece and this is who they are they're full of energy they're packed out on positivity they're just throwing dollar bills across the street and high-fiving bums and shit like that's what they're doing (laughs) fucking great people man (laughs) great people let me tell you like this is all a facade and the same thing with bodybuilding you could put yourself through this the basic stresses the basic ones time under tension it could be the wrong form as long as there's time under tension you will build muscle right and whether they are healthy or not metabolically obese or not physically looking great but metabolically they're a train wreck we still validate that and give that credit today by putting them on stage and giving them a medal you get third place meanwhile your insides if we were to test you is mayhem disgusting your levels are all over the place right and we don't notice that and we're we're applauding that and looking like wow that girl's the pinnacle of health because usually it's women who could get into shows right away. I don't think men could really do that because we have a quantity of muscle that we have to build. Mm, they now they've do, opened though. up those like they still do those physique like the ones that are the not amateur? as big amateur. No, like where you don't have to be as big, but you have to be like sculpt- natural proportioned, like bodybuilding. If you want to be, it's physique, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So men's physique is like the one where you're more average size. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're not huge. You're, you're not just, supposed you're to be shredded. Huge. Yeah. yeah. So that could happen. You know, you played football and then you're like, you know, fuck it, dude. You know, what? I could probably just cut down and I'm gonna go on stage. Like. I don't, I see nothing. I see nothing. All it is is industry at that point. But uh, we kind of went into the weeds. PRs are very helpful for muscle gain. Um, said no one ever. Actually. <laughs> I was reading it, uh, but yeah, said no one ever. Yeah, I'm ever. like, where's he going with this? Yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, but yeah, you'll see a lot of people who are doing PRs and who continue to get stronger, but they may have the form. They may have the, you know, that muscle integrity they may have put in the work and they are the the right fit for it and you will see that but there are a lot of outliers and it's definitely not the rule definitely not the rule you know so i would stick to a maximum of three reps make sure you could do at least two of those reps with perfect pristine form you should get all three of them but if you, and, you know and, our ego gets ahead of us and i do this all the fucking time man if i'm doing three if by we feel good if, if we just took by three threes, bro if i'm doing five by three yeah right today was amazing um, so if we take like, if I was doing like five sets of three reps and you know, my first three sets were pretty good. And then my fourth one, I'm like, Oh no, that last rep is just kind of sketchy. And I have one more set to do and you want to just push through it. I don't necessarily say it's okay, but it is okay. If you've gone through those first couple of sets and you're like, all right, I, I promised that I would get these, these sets done and I want to get number five finished guess you could do it right like i mean we all get into that yeah, it's, that it's, rut it's, where it's like fuck man i gotta complete this because if i don't i'm gonna feel like shit the most important part honestly is proper programming for your lifestyle your level of fitness and also the small lifestyle habits you know mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you and i are trying to present to our clients as as trainers mm-hmm. and so far i know we've only been doing it for a short amount of time but it has it is working like crazy yeah it's, it, it is it's the so results achievable. are there. It's so the results achievable. are there. So if you guys have any questions, we're going to wrap up episode 56 right here. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM, either one of us, whoever you like better. You know, once right, once gotta, once my DM starts. my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let, let us know for programs. Let us know any any questions you have. We'll answer on the podcast too if, you, if you're cool with that. Yeah, please. If, if this was helpful in any way, which I hope it was. Yeah. Um, just shoot us some DMs. It's been a uh, fitness-filled episode, honestly. Yes, it was because it was a fitness-filled day. It really was. Way to cap We worked it off. out for two hours. All right, guys. Well, my ears are getting really warm and my cheeks are red. So <laughs> it is time to end this bitch. All right, guys. Bye, we guys. love you. Thank you so much. Night, night. I'm not fucking leaving. No!